Welcome in into the Thoughts Podcast. We are going to be doing our Premier League preview pod. We have a few uh, we have a few guests, four of us on tonight. Going to go through it. Um, I want to go through some housekeeping things. We're we're doing this obviously. We're going to be doing game of the week throughout the entirety of the Premier League season, or at least as many times as we probably can. Every time. Um, every every time. time. But. We also have NFL coming up, so we'll be doing a preview pod for that. Um, we're also probably going to be doing watching some movies and giving you our thoughts on those as well. So we're trying to figure that out as well. I have a solid amount of content coming up with the premier starting college football, the NFL. So a lot of things to look forward to. But we will stick with the Premier League for now. And we do have some, do have some stuff to cover. Quite a bit of ground. Um, I'll do the formal introductions. We have James Tringali representing Manchester City. <laughs> Forgive me, Dan, if I mispronounce your last name. Daniel Hugo. Hugo, yeah, right? that's perfect. Hugo, Hugo, representing Manchester United. That's that's tough. Um, <laughs> and then Azan Paperno representing Arsenal. Woo-hoo! I will be. And for me, in this in this spot, I um, I played soccer majority of my life. Um, was a keeper. This is really the first time I'm going all in on the Premier League. Olympics. And I don't well, know. It, welcome, it's been a man. long time. Welcome. Been a, it's been a long time. So we're going to go over, you know, the top teams, talk transfer, um, player of the year, manager of the year, and then we'll also finish up with Manchester United versus Chelsea. That's our game of the week, and we will talk about that game specifically. But first, the kids came out. A couple of days ago, and like all like all leagues, you have some kits that are that are not so good, and then you have some kits that that turn out to be pretty nice. Um, Zon, yes, favorite kit, favorite kit that okay. you saw out of all the teams. So I hate that you asked me first because I'm going to come out of the gate looking like a biased douche, um, but. In my opinion, it, I mean, I'm looking at all the rankings online and it backs me up, so I, I feel bold enough to go with this. Um, but I feel like the yellow retro Arsenal kit has seemed to get widespread applause, um, including that from our club legends, which I think is arguably the most important opinion when you're making club kits. It's like the fans and the legends is not really about what other teams think about it. Um, but surprisingly, I feel like it's a kit that – I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a yellow retro kit based on our um, – adidas kits in the 60s and adidas just took over the arsenal kit again this year um so they wanted to do something close to their roots so they went back to their yellow kit um with a little design with the adidas logo and everything and i think it looks amazing i i, I actually think that's going to be the peak of our season a little preview uh before <laughs> i start talking about our season itself but uh that's definitely the peak of the season uh, fun the home fact, kit. My, the home kit was also nice. Yeah, no, it, all three. It's surprisingly, I, I didn't expect it, um, but all three were amazing. Great start by Adidas. Full props to them. The good news is, uh, my dad's academy is in India. If you guys, we've talked about this before in the pod. My dad played professional tennis, so he coaches. His academies in India are all sponsored by Adidas, so he gets free Adidas stuff. So I've already pretty much put like five kits on lockdown whenever he, whenever they come out in India, he's gonna scoop all of them for me. Um, so it's actually a really exciting year kit wise. Another one I do want to mention actually, um, that I really, really liked was, um, uh, was a Leicester city, uh, away kit, the pink one. 
I'm a big fan of pink clothes. I know that might not be for everybody, but I think it looks really, really nice. It's got a little like uh, pink, darker pink accent running along the sides. Uh, also Adidas, surprisingly. I think Adidas have really done a great job, but those are my two. Okay. James, I, I really liked Arsenal's red and white ones. Um, Tottenham was big for me. And then your club's black jerseys. I like those. And then, I mean, we can get to the, some of the bad ones, but West Ham's were tough. Crystal Palace is not good either. Um, any, any, any takeaways from, from what you saw? Yeah, I, I mean, City's away kid is definitely um, definitely looks better than the home one. There's actually some background and city history to it. Um, some club from back in the day that was really popular played into the design. So that one's definitely gotten a lot of good views. Reviews. I'd say Arsenal, as far as home and away, by far the best combo. I actually like United's home ones a lot this year compared to what they've done the last few years. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Adidas, Adidas is definitely – I mean, Leicester, as all I mentioned, I actually like their home kit as well. Sometimes they can make the, the three stripes on the shoulder, like, really stick out, which I don't love. But they've – with Leicester, Arsenal, and United's home ones, I think it all – it all goes really well together. Um, and I actually like Liverpool's home ones as well. They've done some weird things in the past, and I like the, the frontal white stripes that, that they did this year. So my, 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 my only other one is Chelsea's away because I'm, I'm a sucker for the, the traditional collared, uh, you know, collared shirt. And uh, I think they might be one of the only ones that have it. Their away one. The home one is absolutely brutal. It looks like a training kit. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, Nike. No, Nike yeah, I don't. I don't know. They. They. Uh. It seems like they put all their energy into designing Barcelona's jerseys or something, but strange. Dan, any thoughts on and any kits? What's the what? What was the ugly, ugly, ugliest kit you saw? Yeah. No. First, I was gonna say City and history is a bit of an oxymoron there, James. No. Um, no sorry. Oh, it I knew um, Manchester, <laughs> the city, city, not 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 Manchester City. Yeah. No, I'm just messing. Um, <laughs> as far as good ones are concerned, I agree. Definitely Arsenal away. Um, that one's got a lot of people talking about it. Um, I like the Brighton home one actually. It's pretty nice. Um, then we got Newcastle home and last West Ham home obviously I really like the United one uh got a little custom one with my name on the back so it's pretty mm-hmm. tight um red one you got the red yeah, one yeah the red one wow. so it's pretty dope um but as far as the worst ones are concerned I thought the city third one Agreed. looks like uh looks like some, they fucked up a little pins there and uh, tried to make a jersey out of it um let's see there's also uh the norwich home one i wasn't too much of a fan of but uh i think they got some good ones this year so it should be everyone's gonna look pretty fresh out about what about the watford uh harvey two dent harvey dent (laughs) two-face oh yeah i'm not a fan of that one um i was gonna say oh the wolves home one's pretty tight it looks kind of like a chinese league kit yeah, that's actually – there's like four or five, maybe even more sponsored by Chinese companies, and they've made their logos massive on the chip. I was super excited for the Newcastle jerseys as they were, like, doing the promo, and then I noticed that they had a big blue, like, logo yep. straight in the middle of the chest, and I was like, whoa, 
All righty. Yeah. Okay. One, well, one I, I, that took sorry, a turn. Sorry. Yeah, one I, one I wanted to mention, I have a question for you guys. Did you guys see the Liverpool home kits with the, yeah. with, with the stripes coming down? I didn't how, like them that much. How much better would that have looked if they had a collar? I mean, I, I, think it, I, say, I say that for almost every single jersey, so I got to stay look, out of that convo. Yeah, it would look amazing because I think the, that I think that specific jersey would look better with the with the collar. I yeah. agree, I agree, I agree. So you know, quick thoughts on the kits. Um, I wanted let's switch gears. Transfer market. There was some some big transfers, transfer moves in general, uh, especially if you're talking about you know the big dogs. James, I want to start with you. The acquisition of Rodri, which was which was nice, considering Fernandino is is not getting any younger. Um, that's not a bad addition, but Leroy Sané appears to be joining, joining Bayern Munich. And I just want to get your, your thoughts. And this is a safe space. So go ahead and bend. <laughs> uh, um, I've come to terms with it just cause it seems like, you know, with a pep pep squad, you, you want everybody to be on the same page and, like one of, I think one of their strengths is having a united locker room and they all play within a system. I don't see it when he's on the field as far as him not being exactly what Pep wants because the guy only started, I want to say, eight or nine games last year in the Premier League and had double-digit goals and assists. So, I mean, he was just lightning in a bottle, and he really has been since he got to City. But he's from Germany. Um I think it was silly to any for anybody to assume that he would stay with Manchester City for his whole career because you know Bayern's a huge club and if you're from there, you know most of their guys come back at some point or another. And they bought him for somewhere around 50, 60 mil, and they're going to sell him for close to you know depending on what they finally come to terms for, but they're going to get probably two, maybe even three times what they paid for him in three great years. So, um, you know they. They, they, <laughs> they won, or however you want to put it, 98 points in the league last year with him basically being a backup. So, you know, it's a position of sur- surplus. So, I'm excited. I mean, I was, I mean, I'm I love watching. Him anyway, love watching. He's just—he was my—he's probably my favorite player to watch. And I mean, this is coming from a guy who doesn't watch a ton of it, but like whenever he was on. I just thought, like you said, he was lighting in a bottle. That left foot, the ball just kind of comes off his foot differently. And I, I think he's super talented and Absolutely. very, very special. So he's going to do good things for Byron. I know my brother's brother's excited um, that, that, that Byron's no, going to uh, get him. I mean, their, their so. window overall, I think, Rodri, 23 years old. He's, not, he's a different style from Fernandinho. He's actually bigger, but he's not as physical. Um, you and me were talking about this the other day. He's a lot more intuitive and um, – intercepts the pass rather than just bullying guys off the ball. So, um, I mean, that's a that's a pep-holding midfielder. So, them and then today they, they signed Cancelo right back from Juventus as well, which to me is kind of surplus. They got the money, so. Absolutely. Uh, Dan, you're, you're Manchester United. They've been in limbo the past couple of years, really since Alex Ferguson ever stepped down. We'll get into, like, their holistic – the holistic, you know, idea behind them and where they're at, but they did acquire McGuire. I'd say that's your big signing for, for the sure. for the summer. 
yeah. thoughts on what he's going to bring to the defense and how much of an impact you think he's going to make? Yeah, so Azan and I have actually had uh, some, some colorful conversations about McGuire <laughs> and the fee. Um, to be honest, I think he's exactly what United needed. Um, if in, a, in an ideal situation, we'd be getting a top five center back. So that would mean, you know, a Koulibaly uh, from Napoli or a Varane. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we were sixth place in the Premier League. We're not in the Champions League. Um, the fees that Napoli and uh, some of the other clubs like Real Madrid weren't going to sell Varane. Um, they, you know, the fee that Napoli wanted, I think, was north of 130, um, which <laughs> is just obscene <laughs> amounts of money. Laughable. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of also, I know it's a topic later on as, as far as what the transfer market has become. Um, but I think Harry Maguire for that price, we had to bite the bullet on it. If we didn't sign a center back of, you know, a better quality than a Lindelof, um, I think it would have been trouble. I still think we're in trouble um, because it doesn't seem like we're bringing <laughs> in any midfielders. And as you guys know, I mean, you know, you, you can talk about the quality of a Fellaini, but he is a body that you could throw in um, even just to fill some some game time. We lost Herrera, who I thought was our second best midfielder by far. Um, we got some young kids coming up, but to be honest, I think we had to get Harry Maguire. To be honest, Juan Basaka was the one I was a bit surprised on. We spent a lot of time on that deal. And um, I, he looks incredible uh, as far as preseason is concerned. But, um, you know, I, I agree with that. I think they wanted to sort the defense and then maybe go for one midfielder. It looks like it's probably not going to happen. Um, but Ashley Young could, you know, if we were going to be serious about you know, making any moves toward the top four, Ashley Young cannot play more than five to ten games. And agreed. You know, that's including Europa League and all the cups. He's, He's you know, I, I, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate his service, but it was just getting ridiculous last season. Um, and he's captain, which is even more of a disgrace. But um, how far as they as, have fallen? Yeah, far as far as Harry Maguire, uh, probably the best option for us. He's dominant in the air. He's a leader. He can bring the ball out from the back. I think he's, he's going to compliment. Yeah, he's got mm -hmm. size. He's good, you know, in uh, the, the offensively in the box um, with headers and, you know, last-ditch situations. So I think that was the best move we could have made. Um, if I were the – you know, obviously I'm not, but if I were the Glazers, I'd be looking at bringing in a top-quality um, center mid. Bruno Fernandez. I cannot believe they haven't moved for him. Um, I think what uh, Sporting's asking for is reasonable. Just give him the 63 or whatever it is, and, you know, at least we'll have something to build on. But as you guys know, I mean, there was talk of a Dybala swap for Lukaku. What happened that's... with that, Dan? Can you I, think Dybala, that I think Dybala squashed it, didn't he? That was never uh, going to happen. Falling through. Never. I don't think uh, – basically what I've heard, and I've kind of obviously looked into it a bit, um, we, you know, we, we were completely open to it. Juventus was open to it. Dybala was – he, he would have done it, but he was asking for silly money. His agent was asking for silly money. And I think Ed Woodard and the Glazers are kind of sick of being taken ransom um, in those situations. And we know just historically when they pay, you know, players that amount, they don't always make the best decisions a la, you know, Lexi Sanchez situation. Um, we've been held ransom by Mina Rayola in the past. You know, just 
that kind of principle, I guess now we're all of a sudden getting principled in the transfer market, which is just ridiculous considering we wanted like 75 million for Lukaku or whatever it was. Um, so we're willing, you know, to hold other teams to ransom, but we're not willing to pay, you know, an extra five million. And this has kind of just been a trend. Yeah, um, and that's what happens when you um, when the when the when the when the Glazers are owner owners of your sports yeah. team. So I yeah, feel you. I'm, so, a Bucks, I'm a I'm a Bucks fan. So yeah, no, I, I feel your uh, it's pretty feel your pain there. But yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, Azan, yes, sir. Your, your team, Nicholas Pepe, the 24 year old winger. Um, will add to the tack with Lacazette and Aubameyang. Yep. Only Mbappe had more combined goals and assists last season. Um, you guys should just be trying to score as many goals as you can. I know your defense is kind of weak. What do you, what do you think of the acquisition and, and what it means for Arsenal this season? Sure. Um, well, I actually thought we had a really good transfer window. Now that doesn't mean that I think we're going to win the Prem next year. I think that Arsenal realizes where they are right now. We're not close to challenging United and maybe Liverpool, you know, over over a 38 game season. I, I don't think United. You know, wow. Oh, sorry, City. My bad. Uh, old, old old habits die hard. Um, but we're not <laughs> we're not we're not really at a point where we're ch- challenging City. Uh, we're not at a point where we're challenging Liverpool. So I think what Arsenal realized was the big question of the summer was: Should we spend? 70-something million on a Zaha, or should we go a little above that and spend, nine, you know, 91-plus add-ons for, you know, this young guy who has really obscene potential, obscene measurables, really actually tall for a winger, um, in, incredible speed, incredible, um, incredible skill, great dribbling ability, can finish as well, and assist the ball. And on top of that, he actually gets back. So I think... I think in terms of assigning for the future, it's a great move. Um, I just don't think we realistically see ourselves winning the Prem next year. That's why you haven't seen us go in big for a big defender because I don't think we, I don't think we're one piece away. I think we're two or three pieces away. So I think the goal is to maybe build around Pepe. Uh, we still have a couple more years of Lacazette and Obama Yang. Maybe flip one of them in the future, get another defender, try and build around that kid we bought um, from San Etienne, uh, Saliba, who's meant to be a lot like. Uh, the comp I keep hearing is Varane. Obviously, I'm not saying he's going to be Varane, but he's that kind of defender. He's very intelligent. Um, he gets in front of the ball. He gets in front of the attacker and cuts off passes, uh, can pass out of the back. So I'm really excited about so those is two. Is he one for the future is on, or is he playing this year? Who, Saliba? He's or 18 years old. Uh, he's one for, I mean, he's one for – we send him back. We had, So part of the okay. deal, unfortunately, was we had to loan him back for a year which I'm okay with because my dad keeps telling me that he's 18. He's not ready um, for right. the Premier, Premier League's tough, especially for center backs and center defensive mids. So um, I'm really happy he's going back, but I'm really excited for him for the future. So I think Arsenal's timeline hasn't started. Arsenal are not on the clock yet. I think we have a, a good enough team to challenge for the top four. And I think that's the goal. I think if we finish third this year, you know, after these transfers, I think that'll be a hell of a result. Yeah, no, absolutely. Liverpool kind of, Kind of just held steady throughout the transfer market. Not too many big, um, big names or big transfers for them. Any thoughts on them? I mean, like, I mean, they're pretty good in general. So, I mean, I, I wasn't completely shocked that they didn't make any big moves. Any thoughts on Liverpool's? I guess lack of activity in the transfer market. No, nah, I mean they spent a lot of money last summer. So, I mean, they're the one team. In my opinion, they're the most. Uh, as far as the the 
starting 11, I think they're probably the most complete. Like, they don't have a glaring weakness. If anything, you could point to the midfield. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know the inner workings of Liverpool and who decides who spends the money and when, but they, they definitely have been spending a lot of money over the last few years, so it's that shocking to me without a glaring weakness why they why they didn't go out and, and spend money like everybody else. Sure, absolutely. And for me, I think Chelsea losing Hazard, uh, I mean, for me, they might be the team that actually takes a step back um, as far as the teams in the top six or the teams that finished top six, la- six last season. I'm very interested in Pulisic and how he looks at this stage. I, I like watching that kid play whenever he's playing for USA. To me, he's very good. Any thoughts on Pulisic and how he'll adjust to playing in the Premier League? I think he's just he's going to be just fine. I mean, he's he's a winger, right? So it's his position. It's all about skill. It's not necessarily about how strong you are. Um, and I think that his pace and his shiftiness um, is is really not that dissimilar to Hazard in a lot of ways. I'm not saying he's as good. Um, but it really is quite a natural fit into the vacuum that Hazard's left at Chelsea. I think he can really benefit from the plays they've already drawn up and the style of play that's already, you know, built around Hazard, and he'll just slot right into that. And I think uh, from that point of view, if he's a if he's the number one option on that team, I think he's going to have an excellent year. I, you know, I'm hopeful he's going to do well. Obviously, you know, we're over here in the States, so we want all our young players to develop. Um, but more so than anything, I think it's the perfect time for him to go um, just because Hazard's leaving. Um, they have a new coach. They have a transfer ban. So I think the expectations will be a little bit more leveled, if that makes any sense. Like they're not going to be bringing in any other big players. So I think Chelsea fans who are realistic will kind of you know temper their expectations for the coming year. Um, and Lampard will probably take most of the heat if they're, uh, you know, not doing well, say by like Christmas or whatever. So I think it's a perfect uh, time for him to move. And obviously, you know, back in Dortmund, he wasn't getting much time with, uh, with uh, Sancho playing all the time. So. Absolutely. I'll say a quick break. City boy. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. I want to talk about the, uh, the top six teams and how we think this is going to shake up coming up, uh, coming up next. Okay, so top six, top six teams, um, and we're just going to kind of go through how, how these clubs finished last year and then just talk about them at the end. I'll have you guys kind of rank how you think this is going to finish some sort of preseason rankings. So that's what we'll do. And we'll start at the top. We'll start with Man City uh, going for their third consecutive um, English, English Premier League title. It just seems like, I mean, I, I don't know. Pep is Pep gonna is this his last year? Is he gonna keep doing this? I, I don't know, James. What do you what do you think? Uh, he's he's I don't think he's ever left anywhere without like before his deal ends, and he has two years left. So I mean, if they win, you know, all the trophies there are to win, I I could screw it. Stepping but, away, yeah. Um, so. No, I don't think. I mean, I'm okay with that if that happens. <laughs> But, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, there hasn't been really talk of him leaving. There were some weird rumors at the beginning of this summer of Juventus. Um, I don't know if there was any salt to that, but I'd actually Can rather. Can I say he, this I, really quick? Yeah. Like, soccer rumors? 
I feel like it's like a, just a revolving door of like People Us magazine and like Hollywood oh, yeah. tabloids. Like it is so bad. I mean, for years, it's just you'll just hear one thing one week and the next thing like this guy's going here, this guy's going there. And it's just and I don't even I don't even buy it. I just wait until like the season starts because it's really that it's just so much talk and it's mainly smoke. So can I just, speak to that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. So what's interesting is because soccer has been so player dominant, whereas American sports historically have been a lot more team dominant, this has been going on for so long that these teams are masters of playing the media. They've become – so you, 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 if you ever see a rumor, go see where, where, where geographically the rumor arose, right? So, like, there was talk about Dybala going to United. There was talk that he was going to accept it, right? If you went and saw who was releasing those rumors, it was an Italian newspaper. Guess where that's coming from? That's coming from Juve who want the deal to get done. So these teams have become kings at playing the media and at, at putting out their agenda and trying to twist public perception um, because players have had always had the power in the sport. You know, these guys are some of the most highest paid athletes in the world. And because there's so many great leagues or four or five excellent leagues you could play for if you're not happy – you know, you can ask to be uh, sold to, uh, you know, to a team in a different league. So these guys have so much, so much more power than athletes in the U.S. that, that, that this has kind of become a tabloid situation. Interesting. No, it is. It's fascinating to watch because I just my brother just sends up. He used to do it way more. And I'd just be like, all right, man. Sure. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, I'll believe it when I see it. So and it was this guy's coming here and this guy's going there. And I'm just like, all right. Sure. Um, but anyways, we'll start at the top. Man City, um, 98 points last season, 32, two draws, four losses. They were just very good. And for me, James, I, I'll let you kind of – No, I actually want first. everyone else. I'd rather hear everybody else's takes first. Okay. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first, then. I'll be, I'll be short and sweet. I mean, for me, we've, we've talked about it just the last couple of days is – they're a team who can catch the injury bug and still manage to do well over a month and a half or a five week span. And they're, like you said, almost too deep at every position. Even if they lose Sane, they still have so many quality players across the board, except for maybe their, their center defense, um, especially with company leaving, that's going to be a big miss for them. But if De Bruyne is healthy and he can, he can get right, he can stay right. I think with Aguero and Jesus and, Mares, I think they'll just be fine. And, and Sterling, of course, in the way that they play. Um, I, I just – I think that top to, top down – I mean, obviously, starting 11, Liverpool may have the best roster, but just the depth of Man City being able to sustain an injury bug, to me, is what's going to maybe put them over the top and give them a chance to win. So, thoughts is on? Um, I agree with everything you just said. Um, the only thing I'd worry about is a little bit of fatigue, but – I, I, I think the the norm has now changed because they're they're like the first British team that has two teams that could really compete at the top. You know, like you can replace guys on the front three, you can replace guys on the back four, you can move Kyle Walker to center back. Um, you know, they they can do. A, Pep has so much ammunition, and he has so much uh, he has so much flexibility with the squad. I think that's where City's strength lies, and in over a thirty eight game period. I feel like that bodes well for the Premier League. But again, for the Champions League and the FA Cup, I think that's a different story. I think that's where it's a lot more competitive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Dan, any thoughts on on Man City as a Man U fan? Uh, you don't want to you don't want to see them win. <laughs> to be honest, I'm in the worst possible situation because either they're going to win it or Liverpool is going to win it. The only way I see that changing is if Spurs go absolutely crazy in the last three days and get like Bruno Fernandez and like another top top player and then even then you know it's probably a stretch to say that they would be challenging um but yeah I, I would say City and Liverpool um to be honest just historically speaking I'd probably rather see City win it because I know they're not going to win the Champions League so you know that's you can book that Pep Pep doesn't know what to do when the Champions <laughs> yeah. League comes around it's like it's like, no, it's so wild. And because Sean, my brother, is just a humongous Bayern fan. And Champions League would come around. And it was just like, I don't know if he knows. I don't know what happens. I don't know if he's got some sort of weird ritual or, or what's going on. But it just. Oh, it has nothing to do with luck. Yeah, no. Um, so, I mean, in your eyes, Dan, what does Liverpool need to do to get over the hump and beat, beat City? To be honest. You know, I was reading some article earlier saying that uh, there's like this luck factor or whatever. And City was actually incredibly unlucky last year. They should have actually had like 101 points or something last season. What is that based on? I don't know. There's a bunch of other factors. They also said that United should have finished lower than sixth. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's whatever. But um, I, I think in order for Liverpool to, to get over the hump, they just – they have to get a little bit lucky. Um, maybe City has a couple injuries here or there and, you know, positions are not as deep in. Um, I think also the fact that Liverpool's finally gotten a trophy is actually going to help them confidence-wise a lot, and especially sure. that being, you know, Europe. Um, I think it's going to go right down to the wire again this year uh, with, with City and Liverpool. It could go either way, but I'm hoping uh, City do end up prevailing as that's the position I'm in at this point, so <laughs> – it's a tough spot, man. Tough yeah. spot. We're, we're here for you. So, yeah. Yeah. you need uh, you need therapy, bro. That's tough. <laughs> That's it's been really a rough. Tough. It's been it's been a rough five or six. Years. Oh my god! Can, how mean, I would feel how I would feel if Spurs and Chelsea were shooing to one of them's going to win the, the championship. I would I would be crying myself to sleep. It would not be pretty. Yeah, so you, may, the, you, may, you, you still may do that with Arsenal. We we we. I mean. Jury's out, so it's a long season is on. Um, Arsenal. I don't know. I, I, I've watched enough Spurs, Spurs football to, to uh, not be too worried. Just so say we'll see. Arsenal, they they have Pepe, Lacazette. We're, we're jumping and, to Arsenal. Is that you're you're saying they're going to finish runner up? No, no. I'm just going through the top six in no order. I'm just actually I was I meant to go in order, but my sheet had them. All right, I apologize. <laughs> Let's just do Arsenal. We'll, we'll we'll ride with it, and we'll do Tottenham and then Man United. So, Arsenal, are they just going to try and score as many goals as possible and, and pray to God that their defense can can just stand up straight? Yeah. No, you, you couldn't have said it any better. I'm sure if you ask Emery, you'd probably just say the same thing, is we need to score 2.5 to 3 goals a game, really, to be to have any sort of shot. I need um, Wagner back. I want Wagner back. Is no, that, Wagner, can we Wagner's do that? not coming. No, Wagner's oh. not coming. Um, <laughs> Never say surprise, that. Surprisingly, our transition to Emery was 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 less uh, eventful, let's say, than United post Ferguson. 
uh, in What's... Chelsea post Mourinho. So I, I'm very happy where things are with the coach. Um, in terms of squad, uh, I think you said it best. I think we're going to be one of the best attacking squads in, in, in Europe. Um, one name I want to throw out there who everyone's kind of sleeping on, who I think might surprise you guys, uh, is Mesut Ozil. Um, just because if he manages to stay on the field, which means that if he manages to play good enough defense, because Emery likes his players, you know, he's kind of like Pep, not comparing him to Pep, James, before you get upset. Um, <laughs> he's kind of like Pep in the sense that he likes his players playing both ways. Um, and he likes playing defense from the top. So if, if Ozil can convince him that he's good enough to start, um, I mean, let's be honest, Ozil, um, you know, the last five or six years has created, I think it's 25 to 30% more chances than like the second, uh, the second best player in Europe in terms of creation, just pure creation. It's the one thing he does. He can score. Um, he can't play defense, but he just creates chances. And I think the way the team is set up with so much pace with the front three, um, I think it's tailor-made for him to have a really big year. And, and it's really a big year for him because if he doesn't have a great year, um, he's being shipped off probably to uh, Turkey. Um, so you know, for, it's, it's wild. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, he was obviously – I mean, he started at the German national team when he was, like, in his early 20s. And I watched him early on, and he was extremely special. And like you said, just very talented at, at being able to facilitate and mm-hmm. place the ball where he wants. I mean, he was – masterful at it so yep. it wouldn't really shock me actually if it was like oh wait Mesut Ozil is good again like no because I mean he was a world-class talent and he you know started sure. on Germany, Germany's national team so I mean I'd, I'd like to see that happen I mean I, I'd root for Mesut um like I said he did he is German so um no that's something definitely to look yeah. for well think about this too um his best football came when he was playing I mean obviously Ronaldo is Ronaldo but when he when he was playing with Ronaldo who was a pacey winger Mm -hmm. um, and that might be that might be behind the thought process again Pepe to Ronaldo uh, but that might be the thought process in terms of getting Ozil involved again is if we have a really pacey winger like Pepe coming in the right Obama Yang kind of playing like a fake winger who comes into the middle on the left I mean, it's really going to be uh, it's really going to be a lot of opportunities for Ozil to create for these three. So I'm really excited for that. Um, what I'm not excited about is definitely the back four. I, I don't mind Leno um, as a goalkeeper. I think he's I think he's pretty good and he's young and he had a decent first year, uh, but he needs to have a better back four in front of him. Um, Socrates is simply not going to cut it. Um, we have Rob Holding, who I like. Uh, but he's coming off uh, torn ACL, and we know how that can go. Uh, Mavropanos is a young Greek player we have who, again, can do a job, but he's not hes not a starting center back in the Premier League, uh, if we're being honest. And then we have that nonsense with Koscielny, um, which is interesting because he's done so much for the club. Um, we had a – I don't know if our listeners know this, but we had a really big t- trophy drought uh, that actually ended uh, when Dan and I were in India together. Uh, that was a fun night. Um, but essentially Koscielny was one of those players that helped bring us out of that period, uh, which was a really dark period in Arsenal fandom. And, you know, he, he wanted to go back to France and, and we've kind of created a situation that didn't need to be created because we we're not letting him go until his valuations met. Um, and the problem with that is if we keep him, he's going to be unhappy and he's, you know, he's 33, he's had an Achilles tear um, and he's going to be our best center back. So defensively, uh, there's a lot of. Um, I might as well have me play center back for you. Yeah, yeah. gosh, it, it, that's tough. It's not, it's not easy. Um, it's a tough spot. And until leaving out the fact that their their midfield is almost as bad. 
The mid, I mean, again, defensively, yes. Um, I, I defensively. do like uh, I do like Jaka uh, is just a nightmare, uh, which is interesting because apparently guys, he's being. You made... guys will need like ninety percent possession to be, to beat the big boys. <laughs> well, actually, actually, I disagree with that. I feel like we need to sit back a lot to protect the back four and then attack with our pace because it it. Because because the back four can't you know if we if we have ninety percent possession the back four is going to get exposed. Um, we're going to have to so just kickball just kickball yeah so we're Let's we're going go. to have to I'm so, so the wing backs Pepe and whether it's Aubameyang or Wobi on the left are going to play have to play a lot of defense and you know Bellerin's coming off in a, uh, an ACL as well so it's it's a nightmare at the back it's not going to go well so my thing with uh, Arsenal so what's the what's the my thing with Arsenal I, I like them in the three or four hole. But that completely hinges on they have a really tough first five or six weeks and then their December period, which is where teams are forced to play like seven or eight games in a span of, of five weeks, for some of them four weeks. They, have, they play multiple top six clubs and, and some of those mid-table teams. So if they're not in form – in at the beginning of the season here and in that, that December period, um, they could very easily slip back because yeah. that, that back line is absolutely Swiss cheese. Yeah. Mustafi's going to be playing again, guys. Just a warning. Who actually um, had a higher, starting... higher who rating than uh, Harry Maguire, Dan's boy, last year. So yeah, but that's, that's definitely not a – I think we can all agree that's not a terrible <laughs> – that I failed uh, the eye test. Miserably. Yeah, Czech also had higher ratings in the hair, but we all know who's a better player. That that was probably that was probably more because United weren't quite as good. Check 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 in his prime. Oh well, yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean that's that's who. But it's who's the starting uh, back line for Arsenal? Well, uh, so I don't know if you guys have heard, but we're trying to we're trying to complete the Tierney deal, um, oh, who's God. a left back who is more defensive. He's from Celtic in uh, Scotland. Uh, Nash doesn't play any defense. Celtic? So you mean? Sorry. Celtic. Yeah, Celtic. It's not the Boston Celtic. No, it says <laughs> Celtic. Celtic singular. Um, but no, it's going to be Socrates. It's going to be Koscielny or Mustafi on the right side, and it's going to be uh, uh, Maitland Niles or Bellerin. And I saw the tweet. The troll football tweet had you know the fire front front three. And then yeah. the back line was just God, period, will, period, help, period, us, period, yep. as the, the no, back four. That's what that's, it is. That's, um, that's more accurate than what he just said. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> another point um, that we haven't spoken about my last point, really, about Arsenal is uh, – This is a lot of Arsenal. Is, uh, way too much Arsenal. Is, uh, way too much. Is that, Go ahead. We just, we just loaned uh, Cabellos from, uh, from Madrid, who, who, do, who can play defense, who does uh, – Cut the ball off. So, so the center defensive mid positions are going to be huge because they need to protect that awful back line. Does it bother you as a big club that you've had to resort to loaning players? I mean, that can't no. feel good. It's smart business. You go I would to take the used to do it players you, right now. You, you go to the Dollar General is on? No. Lo, I mean, do you, if, if you, <laughs> if you lease saying, a car, does that, as, does that as make as it a bad Arsenal move? Fan, I, I know you like nice things, and now you guys are borrowing players. Yeah, but I'd rather lease a good player than have to buy a terrible player because you don't have the budget. So, I'm very interested. We all know Arsenal's problems are uh, an owner who doesn't care about them. I actually really want to talk about United because I actually, uh, you know, my team is new to this and I haven't liked them as long as 
you know, everybody else is like their teams. But I personally think it's better when United is really good for everybody involved. Um, yes. And when you watch the last couple of years, I just I, – I can't – every time I watch them, like, this is not a United team. This is not a United starting 11. Like, what – who is trotting out here? Um, so, I'd, I'd like to start talking about that because Arsenal is whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Last uh, before we get into United is on. I'm pretty sure uh, Koscielny's, uh going to Bordeaux probably. The I next hope so. Day or two. Good one. I hope. I just read something. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk Devils. But, um, yeah, no, Daniel. I want your I want your thoughts because I agree with James. Like I, when I first got into like soccer and the Premier League in general, like in the mid to later 2000s, it was when they had. Ronaldo and Vanessa Roy and Rooney and Schulz or Schulz and they had all the, and Ferdinand yeah. and they just had all they just had so many dudes and they were they were just so good and really towards the beginning of this decade is when things started to fall apart and then Sir Alex steps down and really ever since it hasn't been the same. I'm not trying to depress you or anything, but it's it's I agree with James no, the no, fact I, that. I think soccer in general, like European soccer, nonetheless the Premier League, but European soccer is in a better spot when Manchester United has a presence and they're one of the five or six best teams in the world or so. I think the health of soccer is – is um, I think they're vital to the health of soccer, essentially. So, For sure. What do you think they can For do sure, this no, season? I... And like what's, what's, your, what's a real, real, real uh, expectation that you, that you have for the club? Yeah, to be honest, uh, I completely agree with you guys. But um, I would say we're probably going to be fighting for fifth or sixth again uh, this coming year. Just based on the fact that uh, we haven't done anything to improve the midfield. Uh, as you guys know, like Pogba wants out, it sounds like. Um, we just have – I agree, obviously, the defense is going to be a lot better. Last year it was like the most goals conceded since like the 60s or some, some ridiculous stat like that. Yeah, it was it was rough. Um, we're not going to have the Chuckle Brothers playing together anymore, which is Jones and Smalling. <laughs> um, Ashley Young will barely be playing, which is amazing news. Um, we do have uh, Diego Dallo, who's a good backup, um, you know, fullback. I think he can play either left or right, which is good, um, just in case. But Juan Basaka has looked like a monster ever since uh, the start of preseason. So I'm glad we brought him in. I'm um, glad we brought McGuire in. I look, I like the look of Daniel James, but like everyone knows, he's one for the future. Um, I don't think we can really depend on him for too much. We really needed to go for two to three uh, central midfielders, I thought. Um, I, I don't think we should be playing Matic at all. He's horrible. Um, he's been on the decline pretty much ever since he got to us. Um, that was a weird stupid purchase. Timing. We should have gone for Fabinho. Really yeah, we should have gone for Fabinho at that point, but – it's all in the past. So, yeah, I think fifth to sixth would be where I expect us to finish. I'm hopeful for the top four, but that's truly only if, like, you know, Arsenal has a meltdown. I don't think Chelsea is going to be as good as people are projecting. I, um, I think they'll probably be fighting us for fifth or sixth. Um, so that pretty much leaves the Europa League as our best option. I think we can beat Arsenal in a final um, for a Europa League because they were shambolic last year. <laughs> Can I, um, can I ask you this question? Like, cause I haven't been locked in, right? Like I've watched some menu, I've watched some games, but I, 
not enough to provide provide an actual good analysis of the club. Yeah. And when they got Paul Pogba, I thought that that was just. I mean, to me, some of the stuff that he does on a soccer field with professionals is just absolutely stupid. Like yeah. he is nasty, and I still think he's nasty, and I think his talent is like still out of this world. What's mm. gone wrong with that dude and this team? So I think it's – I mean, yeah, that that was a pretty monumental signing. Um, he, like you guys said, on his day, he's probably a top five midfielder in the world. I don't think there's any real discussion about that. The problem is he plays to that level probably a third of the time. Um, and I'm not blaming that solely on him. I think the club is – you know, it's in shambles as well. And they haven't really invested in the right areas as much as they should. And they've just been pretty poor in the market. Like, they've bought players like Matic, players like that, where it's like, you know, maybe they were good a year before you bought them, but that's not a long-term plan. They just don't really have a plan. And I think that goes to the fact that we don't have a you know, sporting director, a technical director that can work kind of as a buffer between the financial side, so the Ed Woodard, who does his job well financially, and the manager to try to identify goals, um, you know, players, development, things like that. Um, I think that's been a complete failure from the club. You guys don't, part of don't that, have that. To, you don't have someone who fills that role. Or is just No, crap. we do not. Holy smoke. Yeah, so pretty much I think the what it comes down to is that the Glazers, they trust Ed Woodard so much because he's the one who came up with the plan for how they were going to buy the club on all this debt. So they don't want to put anyone there who would challenge or, you know, from like a, a power perspective, take any of the power from Ed Woodard because they trust him so much. He's done a ton for revenues and sponsorship deals. But as far as the product on the field has been terrible um, ever since, like you said, Fergie left um, because Fergie could truly just deal with whatever squad was available. Yep. I mean, he brought the best out of every single player and like, even some of the lineups you see, like, I agree, obviously, we have the superstars, but some of the lineups, like, at the end, they weren't, like, incredibly strong. Yeah, it's not like they had, like, the most ridiculous yeah. lineup, like a Galacticos lineup. It was like he was dealing with players who, like, filled the job well, and he was getting the best Val- out of everyone collectively. For people who aren't, like, soccer savvy who are still listening to this, mm-hmm. to me, and you guys can, like, you know, swap me away here, but he's like the Bill Belichick of football. Like to me, he's the greatest football oh, he's manager. Better, he's ever. better than Bill, but yeah, and yeah. maybe the best like coach, right, in any sport. I, I would. Yeah, actually, actually, one second, one second, one sure. second. I'm a I'm a Patriots fan. I agree with Dan. Yeah, it's. I mean, no, what he did to Man United, like truly, and it was just a. It's just like anything that happens, right, in these kind of instances. He, he made the club what it is because of when they were so spectacular. It's when the football market was opening to, like, emerging markets, like, say, Asia, like, those sorts of places. That's when Man United was at its best, and that's why we have such a global following yeah. today. Yeah. Um, Dan, can you – So it just worked think, perfectly. Uh, Dan, can, I, you, go ahead. can you go ahead and let us know what that squad was, that uh, just some of the players in it that Fergie won his last Premier League with? It, it included Ashley Young, right? Uh, Valencia, oh, yeah. young, young Ashley Long. Yeah, yeah but still, still Ashley Long's always been average. Let's be honest. Was was Nani on that team? Not, too? not. not I think Nani was on, still on that team. It was. Yeah, I believe he was. Wayne Rooney was still good. He was okay. 
it was, it was definitely in decline. Uh, Robin Van Persie was the best. I think that, that was what, 12, 13? Yep. Right, on? It was Van Persie and not much else, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, you had like a declining Rio. You still had Phil Jones, Raphael, Smalling. You had Vidic, too. Uh, all on uh, their last legs, though. Johnny Evans, yep. Carrick, Cleverly, Fletcher, Giggsy, Kagawa, Lingard. Giggs was still Jules. on the Gangs was mean, still on the team. Wow. Half that team. Chicharito, Nani, Rooney, Van Persie, Welbeck. That was pretty much. The sorry for club. sorry for turning this into a Manchester United event session. That wasn't the. No, no, it's, the plan it's all here, good. But... I'm, I'm happy. No, I mean, I they're the biggest club in the league, and they're they haven't really competed for the last few years. I mean, yeah. it's, it's. I mean, they're. I mean, what they were somewhat known for, right, was bringing guys up through the academy. And that hasn't really come into fruition. And and you mentioned yeah. Woodard's done a good job with revenue, um, which obviously explains why they're able to spend so much. But I think, you know, people people point fingers at that I'm defending them. There's no hiding behind the fact that they've spent money, right, over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But they've spent well. I mean, they very rarely miss. And they, they actually don't have – City's biggest record signing was Rodri this year. He's not even in the top six or seven. United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, um, and Chelsea all have bigger record signings. So, I mean, yeah. it, it translates to any sport, right? Whether, you know, not American sports don't have this system. But when you mm-hmm. hit on, you know, the Warriors, for example, in the draft, just happened to hit on guys. I don't know if they knew what they were doing way back when, but United was that you know, similar to the Yankees um, where, you know, they were dominant in the late nineties and then they've only won one 20 years. And you see the Red Sox, you know, having a lot more success being ahead of the game with analytics and things like that. So I think, you know, some of the, the just head scratching signings that United has had over the last, particularly the last two or three years, I think is, is their big issue. And then their young guys not really coming through. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, wrap up the the top six. I mean, I know we have Tottenham and Chelsea. Any expectations for Tottenham and what they can <laughs> do? Do we expect them to sit around the four spot? I don't know where they'll finish, but they won't win. That's their specialty. They've been doing I'm this like, for... I'm like, I mean, Dan Fitter, I, I, was, I was most afraid of them last year, actually, at the beginning of the year. I, I just thought they had a... a Complete squad. They're young. They played together a lot. Um, listening to his on bash them every day has started to spoil <laughs> that for me. I mean, I think he's somewhat afraid that they'll one day figure it out and then Arsenal will be has-beens. But I think that three to four spot for me is, is they're pretty much blocked in there. But like Dan said, if they just – they do have – players where if they're all playing really well together and they're not injured, they could definitely compete. They just, they do have this weird thing where they, they can't really sustain it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one point on Tottenham, um, just to bring it up in one of the reasons why I'm always so um, pessimistic on them is they've had it. If you look through their history of the last 20 years and they, have, they still have Daniel Levy running the club. So that hasn't changed. Uh, they tend to sell their best players. Um, and not, not that they're selling their best player to reinvest and then they're a contender. They tend to send their best players and then go back into the five or six hole 
uh, for a couple of years. But this time they've kept Kane. I'll give them that um, to their credit. Um, but I want to see what happens over the next year or two. I want to see if they can actually hold on to what is, I 100% agree, an excellent squad. Um, then I'll start if, – if they hold on to them and not sell them for the big, you know, the big offer that comes in and – if they hold on to Ponchettino, which I don't fully be, believe they can, I think he's 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 too good for the club. The club's not international enough. I could see him coaching a really really top club over the next year or two. So so that's my big question mark with them. Yeah, fair, very fair. Is Chelsea going to be the 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 club in the top six that falls out of the top six? I guess the club that had finished in the top six last year is are they going to be the club that falls out? I think so. Uh, yeah, I would say either either Chelsea or United, probably. I, as as much as that hurts to say, like our midfield is like a bottom half midfield. If we don't bring anyone in, <laughs> saying like Pogba gets injured, we're so screwed. Um, but going back to sorry, going back to Tottenham, um, I think. The player to watch for them and Dembele. I want to see how he transitions to the league. And uh, I agree with what Azan was saying. If they are able to retain Harry Kane and uh, Erickson and Son. Well, actually, I think Erickson is probably the one most likely to leave. Yep. Yeah. Um, reports yeah. over the last few days he might be coming to United, which would be incredible. Wow. Um, I didn't see that. But I know, I've seen rumors of him leaving for a while. Yeah, yeah, and sorry to backtrack, but um, yeah, I would say Chelsea or United are probably most likely to drop out. Um, I hope to God not, but we'll see. I mean, Chelsea's done it multiple times, right? I mean, both the last two times they won the league, they followed it up with just abysmal Premier League seasons the following year, and and losing Hazard, who, I mean, on a on a lackluster team, he, he really was the engine. I mean, I can't even imagine what they would have done without him last year, right? So, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you have Lampard, so you have that. I mean, I, I think he, from what I've read and seen, he, he did a good job getting a lot out of whoever he was coaching. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they would they would need some some hometown magic there from, from their old legend. Lampard. But. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think they're going to do too well. But if you also have to look at it from, like, a Chelsea fan perspective, it's like, yeah, Hazard was leaving. You had to let him go. It's kind of like me with Pogba. When he first said he wanted to go, I was like, okay, just go. Like, we'll right. replace him. But then you have to think about, like, who are we going to replace him with? Like, I don't trust this board to, you know, to lock their door before they leave yep. the house. Like, they're just brutal. Um but from a Chelsea fan perspective, I like Hudson Adoy. I think he could be a really, really good player. Um, he's injured. I, I think he's injured right now. But once he comes back, um, they also still have Willian on the wing too. Yep. So, um, you know, there's there's still opportunities to to kind of step up for those three players like Pulisic, Hudson Adoy, and and Willian. So you never know. I mean, it it kind of just depends on. I don't know, some, some things, you know, them adapting to Lampard and everything. Um, yeah. The thing with Chelsea is they, they and this is, like, comes from the top down, right? I don't know if you guys noticed this. But it's like they, so many times the last few years, it's like they're not cohesive. They, they don't even look like they really want to be playing. Um, so that could be, you know, their best case scenario, Lampard changes that. Because, yeah, they, you know, like Dan said, they do have, talent 
um, you know, in the team. But that, that to me, that's been their biggest weakness. And maybe Lampard does fix that. Okay, so uh, mid-table team that we think can make a jump and uh, disrupt a few things. Dan, I'll start with you. Who do you expect in the middle there? And I'm just – I'm referencing last season, the Wolves. I called them the Wolf Pack mm-hmm. on accident. <laughs> uh, the Wolves, Everton, Leicester. We got West Ham and Wofford. I don't know if there's anybody else down there that you think would even be able to make a jump. But if you had to pick a team, do you think would, uh, you know, make a splash and uh, cause some problems for the big clubs? What, what, what team do you think you'd, yeah. you'd recommend to keep an eye on? Sure. So I'll probably go with the two teams we had a lot of trouble with last year. Uh, Everton, as you guys know, that shambolic, I think it was like 4-1 or so toward the end of the season. Um, and also Wolves. I think Everton has made some pretty strategic – uh, purchases. They obviously lost Adrisa Gay. Um, they immediately brought in another midfielder. They brought in Moise Kane, who I'm really excited about. I'm surprised Juventus let him go, to be honest. Um, but I guess they're, you know, expecting a, a bigger striker um, as far as status, so Lukaku or so. Um, but Wolves, too, I, I love the way um, they're able to kind of line up against big teams and absorb the pressure and hit them on the counter. I think they have a really good manager, um, and they also have some pretty good players as well um, to, to keep an eye on. So I would say those two would be my most likely to, to break in. Was on. Uh, Dan took my completely the words out of my mouth. I was going to go with Everton, uh, uh, Moise Keane uh, being a great signing. I think Flavian Delph and Andre, Go- Andre Gomez are a hell- excellent signing for value as well. Um, just guys who know how to play. Um, I think they'll be an excellent team, and I think they might get the Zaha deal done is what I'm hearing. So – if they if they do get that deal done, um, that team's going to be top. Imagine that Jesus. team's going to be a top four. Everton might get Zaha. Yep. Really. So what yeah. they're going to spend? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of of, of Leicester, who. I mean, ra- rather than being repetitive, because you know Everton and Wolves are probably the, the that were close last year and. I have the best shot as well. I I do like Leicester as well. Um, I think they're they're really deep. It, this was pre-selling Maguire. I mean that's a huge hole to fill. I think they've already been connected with uh, Nathan Aki. If you guys saw that, but they're asking for you know a pretty big sum um, to fill big, <laughs> to yeah. fill what they to say they the least. Just, uh, you know. Basically, it would almost wipe out what they got from Maguire, I'm, I'm pretty sure, or come pretty close. So that would almost make no sense um, if you're them. But Brendan Rodgers is, is the manager there. What's interesting is, you know, if you look at any list, this might be a good segue, you know, with since that five through, five through nine, right? Five through nine right there. Those are all the managers that it seems like are on the hot seat because of how much pressure there is to perform and, and get into to European football, the Everton, Wolves, Leicester, Chelsea, and Man U. Yes, absolutely. I throw so before we do that, before we do that, before really? we do that, the, and you guys can go quickly Wanger here. for 30 years? <laughs> I, I, times have changed. You, it's a different culture now. Before we do managers, real quick, just quickly, if you guys had to pick your top six right now, Give me, give me who you think. Give me, give, just how do you think this is going to lay out at the end of the year? 
All right, I'll go first. Um, I think City's going to win, Graham. Uh, I think Liverpool finished second. I'm going to go um, – I don't know. I might be being – I'm being a bit of a homer. I'm going to go Arsenal three, uh, <laughs> Tottenham four. Uh, I, I, I think Arsenal – third's our best case scenario. So, I, I got it. I got to do that for my team. Um, <laughs> Tottenham four. I'm, I'm going to go United fifth. And then I'm going to go Everton six. That's my six. Wow. Okay. Dan? Yeah, sure. So I'll go uh, City champions, unfortunately. Um, then we'll do Liverpool. I think Tottenham will still be third, probably a bit closer than they were last year. Um, I got to be a little bit hopeful. So I'll go United fourth. Um, I love it. Probably <laughs> Arsenal fifth. Close behind. I think, I think United and Arsenal will be – battling toward the end but um i don't think you guys will have a good goal differential either um probably not and i think (laughs) you know what i think i'll go uh a little bit of a wild card i'll go wolves uh sixth dang it dan (laughs) i was gonna pitch him (laughs) baby I'll tell the Wolfpack story very quickly. After they need, they need to get Allen, Allen from the hangover to show up to some of their games or be their mascot now. That would be cool. So in that on that. I'm so here for that. James, who you got? Uh, I like City uh, just because Pep is a psychopath. And if he says he seems to care more about the Prem, but that's probably him covering his own butt because he's really good at winning the league and, not so much Champions League. So seems like they're still hungry for that. Liverpool is just too talented not to finish second, I think. Um, definitely Arsenal or Tottenham for three. Uh, I, I do still like Tottenham, to Dan's point, if you know their big signing at Dembele fits in pretty seamlessly. I think they'll stay ahead of Arsenal. Uh, United five, maybe even six. I definitely think Chelsea falls out and do like Everton to to be in that top six. I don't know if I'm willing to put my name on them going five, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And I was I thought about going against the grain here and taking Liverpool for one, but I like you said, James. Pep is a psycho, and they're just so deep, um, and they just find a way to win a lot. And I, I just don't see many draws. You'll have, I think you have a few instances where they lose maybe one or two, but then they'll win, you know, 10 in a row or something stupid like that or eight in a row. And they'll just go on a tear. Um, so, yeah, Man City one, Liverpool two, Tottenham three. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go. Su- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to shoot for the moon here. Everton four, yeah. Man U five and uh, Arsenal six. So I think it's going to be – I mean, I, I feel like I don't know how much depth is on you guys have at the top, but if you guys have too many injuries up top, then you are completely and totally screwed. Um, I love so it. That, that's, what I, that's, that's what I'm going with. So, yeah, we'll see how it, uh, how it turns out. Yeah. Um, see how it turns out. Let's take a quick break. All right, so game of the week. Manchester United. Oh, I'm sorry. First Chelsea. I didn't mean to do that. Um, <laughs> Dude, bro, your accent's Man not U, bad. Man U, 
Man U versus Chelsea. I don't want to be disrespectful. Uh, Man U versus Chelsea. I think it's 11.30 on Sunday. Manchester United are the favorites, from what I can tell. Um, Over-under is two and a half. So, as far as goals scored, James, I'll let you go first, and we'll we'll uh, it'll be pretty efficient here. What do you? How do you think this game's going to go? And ultimately, who do you think's going to win? Um, if my memory serves me right, I mean they have played some preseason games. I have seen a little bit of United. I haven't seen Chelsea at all. Um, don't expect the greatest football, right? I mean, right off the blocks, but. Is this game – I actually – I don't have it pulled up right now. Is it at Old Trafford? I think it is. It's yeah. at Chelsea. It's at Old Trafford, yeah. Um, so, you know, you got that. I, I, I do think they've looked pretty good in preseason. Um, so, I, I definitely – I'm not betting money on this game, obviously. You can tell by the way I'm talking about it. But, uh, you know, I like United to, to pull three points out week one. Azan. I'm going to actually predict. Um, I'm going to go 3-1 United with a late game, late goal by Pulisic. Just a, just a garbage time goal? Yeah, like a garbage time goal. You don't even love this country, nice. do you? No, I, I, I'm going for the best case for Pulisic. He scores on debut. Come on. Captain America. Dan, what, what are you thinking? Dan? Yeah. Um, any hope? Any hope? Oh, for sure. I think I agree with Azam. It's going to be United probably 2 0 or 2 1. Um, I can't even really predict our lineup just because, uh, for example, like Sanchez hasn't had any preseason work. I know he was at the Copa. Um, but it's going to be hard to predict our front three. I think two of the three pick themselves. Uh, the midfield is. <laughs> Jesus, the midfield. Um, I think we could predict the back five for United. It's going to be De Gea, Juan Basaka, um, Lindelof, uh, Harry Maguire, and uh, Luke Shaw. I can't really tell That's you solid. what our or what Chelsea's lineup's going to be. I know they have some injuries too, but um, yeah, I like United two one or two nil. Uh, kind of hopefully be a comfortable win. I, I can't really see Chelsea playing spectacular football. Not that we will either. I mean, I kind of agree with James, but you'll just play. I think we'll squeak it out. Better. Yeah, I think we'll score yeah. relatively early, keep it comfortable, and then probably score in the second half or so. So last year they played to, to two draws, two two oh at Stamford Bridge and one one at Old Trafford in April. That that last one in April is so frustrating. Jesus. But, uh, yeah, I'm also you... I'm gonna I'm also going to ride Man U on this. I think they're going to get the dub. Um, like like you guys said, I just don't think Chelsea's gonna be ready to be playing good football. Um, so yeah, I expect Man U to get it done. So I I will say I am no Chelsea fan. I've never been a Chelsea fan. Um, not exactly. You want to explain like why? Said, a Chelsea you want to explain? Probably because of FIFA back in the day or something like no, that. It's um, no, it's not. Be honest. I don't know. Sounds maybe awesome. You know something, what, what maybe they, you know what something they, what I they don't. did to Bayern? That wasn't great, but <laughs> – That wasn't great. That's awesome. I just – I don't know. Just never never really been, been, been a fan of the club. So, But I will say I – I'm rooting for this kid. I hope Pulisic does well. I hope he's he's good in this league. I, I think it'd be good for 
for us and where we stand. I think that that would uh, that would definitely help from a respect factor. So hopefully this kid can make his mark in this in the league. Before we hop, have before a, have we hop, so. Dan, can you explain to us why Luke Shaw looks like he's thirty pounds overweight? <laughs> Is that just me? Yeah, he does. He does. Linebacker. He's got a really he 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 plays he has a really fat face. Yeah. <laughs> he plays himself into shape actually. He does. He does. He was actually pretty fit. I think it was beginning of last season. But uh, yeah, it's just he has one of those bodies. It's like Raheem Sterling. He just looks really awkward. Like he's almost like sticking his ass out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I, he's a stocky boy. The problem is. Like, Shaw, he looks really fat, but if you see him at, like, full tilt, he's quick, man. He's a, he's really quick. He's got yeah, I, I like him. Yeah. He's like 29. He's, really That's a good he's really fast in FIFA. I will – I mean, I I'll know, say man. this about United. You know, with the two signings in the back, I mean – You cut out, James. I think I know what James is going to say. Basically, we're not going to be sit at the back like last year. Yeah. Um, is James, James taking no, early exit? James, no, James, no one can hear you. So this is a good time to cut the pod. Um, <laughs> I, seriously, no one can actually hear you, so I don't know what happened. But good thing this happened now. This was fun. Appreciate Dan joining us. Thank you. Sorry for being a subject sure. to – Man, you and the jokes and no, all man. that. So anytime, this was, this, Ian. This was, this I appreciate, hey, Ian, I appreciate Ian, you guys Ian, asking Ian. me on. Yeah. Banter is a part of football. Okay, get that in your skull, you American. Sorry, huh? banter is a part of football. Banter, <laughs> very yeah, important part of football. I, I, I know it's a part of Amer- It's part of sports. So yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware. Um, but this is a, a little more tongue in cheek in Britain. A little more tongue in cheek, but okay. Carry on. No, this is fun. Do appreciate it. If you've listened to the full almost hour and 10 minutes, thank you. Do appreciate it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ian Sork. James is at Jimmy T10. Zon deleted is a Twitter account. Yes, sir. D- Dan, do you have a Twitter account that I can tag you in? I do not, unfortunately. Uh, okay, no biggie. Do appreciate it. Um, we'll have you on as a recurring guest, I'm sure, as the season as the season goes on. So, um we will track. Wow, James just walked out. I thought he was wearing his Man City jersey. But um, until next time, 